Listen, we are just so, um, so, so blessed. I don't know if you realize it or not, right? Like, um, God is God is no more, and he is certainly no less God than he was on November 2nd, right? And so I don't know about you, but we're just so, so blessed, right? Like, my hope is in the Lord. Praise God. I am so thankful that it's not in man, nor is it in government. Listen, um, we are just so, so blessed. I'm, I'm so thankful that he is, he is powerful, right? He is almighty. That the one who holds all power, right, both in heaven and in earth, right? I'm so thankful that he is the one who we get to place our hope in, right? I'm so thankful for the word of God this morning, right? A, a constant source of truth in, in just this disaster of uncertainty, right? Like it's this constant anchor in which we can tether our life right in this sea of just uncertainty. So I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful um, for Jesus Christ, right, who sits on the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. You understand? We get to pray to the creator of the universe, right? I am so thankful that he hears our prayers. And I am so thankful that he answers our prayers. You understand, but his, his ways are not our ways. So sometimes we don't even recognize it um, when he does answer our prayers. Can, can I just tell you guys a, like a story this morning? It's a little bit lengthy, um, but really I, I want to get our mind drawn off of whatever distraction maybe we have and geared a little bit um, more towards what we're going to speak about today. So if you don't mind, listen, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell it to you anyways, right? So if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you a story. So December um, 20th, 21st, 2019, Right, the um, Extreme Vision like high school group here and the Accelerate Middle School group. Most of you guys didn't even know we renamed the middle school. Bam, there it is right there. The Accelerate Middle School group. Uh, we're all set to go on our um, somewhat sort of annual um, all-nighter, right? So December 20th to 21st, 2019. So it's somewhat sort of annual um, because that was our second all-nighter for the year, right, for 2019. We did one in January at the very beginning of the year went really well. It was great, right? Tons of people came. Uh, we got to present the gospel. Kids got saved, right? And we planted that seed to so um, many first-time guests, right? So in light of its success, right, if it's, if it's not broke, you know, don't fix it. So we planned an all-nighter for 2020 um, that exact same week. Uh, but some scheduling conflicts came up. Uh, I, I felt like it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, I was invited to go to Taiwan to preach the gospel there, um, all week, right? They worked the dog. <laughs> they worked me. They worked me, man. Worked me like a dog. And uh, anyways, it was great, but we had to reschedule our 2020 all-nighter to December 20th and 21st of 2019, which in hindsight is such a 2020 thing, right? We were canceling and rescheduling stuff way before it was cool, dude. So listen, we rescheduled this thing. We're on our 2020 all-nighter in 2019, um, December 20th. There we are. Uh, 98 students, 10 adults, pizza, laser tag, uh, bowling, trampoline park, uh, under 50 bucks, right? Literally, it doesn't get any better than that, right? Like, it was, it was a great time. Um, now, we always start our all-nighter um, kind of with a service, right? And then at the service, we present the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. So before anybody's distracted or injured or whatever it may be, before anybody gets too tired, 
we, we hit them with the gospel, right? We got you, captive audience. You're trying to go do this thing, psych, I'm trying to give you Jesus, and you're going to get it before we go do any of that, right? And so that's kind of how we got it going. Um, so an all-nighter is a lot like a mullet, right? Like in the front, it, it's, listen, it's 2020, this thing come back. That's how we knew we was in trouble this year. The mullet came back. So look, the front, was all, it's all business on the front half, right? We're trying to give you Jesus. We're having a service, right? We're worshiping God. On the back end, now we're going to start the party, right? Now we're going to get into it. So uh, like 1030 comes and uh, well, first, you know, we come, we present the gospel, like eight kids get saved. It was great, right? And we, we planted, uh, we planted that seed to a bunch more. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's okay. That's sure. Yeah. So, so like eight um, um, get saved and, and then a bunch more uh, get to hear the gospel, right? So may, who knows, maybe God's watering that right now as we speak. I don't know. And um, so then we come downstairs for like some open gym, like none of this was here. <laughs> we were still, still had the sanctuary. So we had open gym, pizza. We had some glow-in-the-dark dodgeball going on. It was amazing. Like I found these dodgeballs that just glow in the black light, like bright, bright green. I even managed to get Beth, the children's director, to somehow pay for it with like her credit card, right? So it seemed like it came out of the children's budget, right? Like I was killing it, man, for real. And uh, it, it was great. It was great. So like 10, 10.30, it's time to load up, right? It's time to go to our first event for that night. So 10.30, um, we ride out. 10.35, right? Because in true youth group fashion, we're always a little bit late. 10.35, we managed to get on the buses, um, and we're going to head off to Manassas Laser Tag. If you've never been, it's, it's, it's okay, right? It's okay. It's off Liberia Avenue. They've been great to us, right? So we got to get all the way to Liberia Avenue. We're going to play some laser tag. Now, despite all of the attributes that I possess that make me an elite laser tagger, right? Things like, you know, quick, agile, small, quiet, unsuspecting. I didn't play. I, I didn't play, right? But the kids played, and they had a great time. Now, the, the, the arena's too small, right? So we have to cycle groups in and out, right? And they're taking turns. And so there's groups of about 40 going in, splitting in half. And, uh, and as the groups are coming in and out, man, they're excited, right? Uh, people from each group are coming up to you. They're giving you all the highlights from the game, right? So you can see, you can feel their excitement. Things are, are going well, right? Things are going really good. But we had the place booked all to ourselves after hours. Nobody else from the outside. Um, we had a book for two hours. So we got there about 11, 1 o'clock, time to load up. When we get back on the buses, we got to head to our next event. Right, so we're off Liberia Avenue in Manassas. We got to get to Balls Ford Road. We got to get to the Bowl America. Right, so we get on the buses. Right, we, we get half the group on our our wonderful, amazing bus that the Lord's blessed us with back there for many, 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 many years, many moons. That thing is, but it's still going. Right, so we get on our bus. Right, and then the other half they get on this bus. We managed to somehow we convince Fresta Valley into like letting us borrow a bus and and I conned them somehow into giving us a driver. Right, so like. <laughs> Yeah, we're killing it, man. This is the whole dodgeball thing all over again, right? And so, um, so half on this bus, half on that bus, we're about ready to take off, and all of a sudden I hear um, this voice, and, and it's just like, Travis, somebody stole Ella's bag, and it has a lot of money in it. It's Marley, by the way. Listen, that's my Marley impression. That's the best one I have. So she says, Travis, somebody stole um, Ella's bag, and it has a lot of money in it. And I got to tell you, like, I'm going to narrate a little, right? So get inside my mind. At this point, I'm like, please, 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 Lord, please, just ignore it. Just ignore it. It's going to go away, right? This thing is going to go away. 
Um, it's, it's, like a, it's like a bad daydream that just happens to be in the middle of the night, right? Like if I ignore it, it's going to go away. Please, God, like why, why is this happening, right? Everything's been going so well up to this point, right? Like I don't, I don't need this. And Adam, you guys are embarrassing me, man. I have this lady from Fresno Valley, right? We're, we're like this good group. We love Jesus, right? And you guys are acting like a bunch of heathens, right? Like uh, you're embarrassing me. So I just ignore it. And then there it is again. It's like Travis. Somebody stole Ella's bag and it has a lot of money in it. So I turn, I turn to, to Marley and I'm, I'm like, Shh, hey, like, if we could just keep the part about having a lot of money in it, if we could just keep that down, right? Listen, because if, if I took the bag, if somebody did take the bag um, and they haven't had the opportunity to search through it, you have um, announced quite well that it has a lot of money in it, right? So now I know that, look, I, I mean, I need to look through this bag quick. So I'm like, you know, can we just keep this quiet? She's like, but it has a lot of money in it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, okay. So, so I get off the bus. I, I got to tell you, Ella, I have to, I have to confess to you right now. You please forgive me. Um, at this point, I'm still not buying it, right? In my mind, somebody, she's just misplaced her bag. Right, she, she left it laying somewhere. There's a lot of opportunities where you have to like leave your bag. You got to put on your laser tag vest, right? Get your little gun, right? You got to go in. So maybe she's just misplaced it. It was, it was a misunderstanding. I go inside, I search the entire lobby, right? I do it myself. I search the entire lobby, nothing, nothing. I get them to take me into like this, this room. You know, it's kind of dark where they like split you up into teams, right? They're giving you all the rules. We go into there, we turn the lights on, nothing. The bag is nowhere to be found. Right, we go into another room, and this room is where you like you put your vest on, you get your gun, and this is where people would leave behind a jacket or, or a bag or something, and uh, nothing, nothing. Well, I get the manager, and then when he takes me into the arena itself, we turn all the lights on. I'm looking behind every little barricade that you can hide behind and every little nook and cranny, right, all these places that the kids can fit that I can't find. I'm looking at all these things, nothing. This bag is nowhere to be found, right? You have got to be kidding me. Right, I'm starting to get frustrated at this point, right? But, but I'm the leader, so I'm trying to play it cool, right? Because the group will feed off of you, right? Get a little negative and just watch how fast that spreads. So I'm trying to play it cool, and, and I put on a smile, right? But inside, I feel it starting to, like, well up inside of me. So I get on the first bus. I'm not a dad yet at this point, right? Like, I, I mean, there was nothing. I mean, he wasn't even conceived or nothing. I mean, it wasn't even a thought. So it, I, I'm trying to work up my best dad speech when I get on this bus. And I get on this bus, and I'm like, look, you know, I don't care if somebody took it. I, I don't care if it's misplaced. I don't really care what happens, but we're not leaving this parking lot until this bag shows up, right? And I'm, like, kind of proud of my speech, so I pause. Nothing. Nothing. No bag, no nothing. I get off the bus, right? I get onto the other bus, right? I same speech, right? Blah, 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 blah. We're not leaving this parking lot until this bag shows up. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I get off that bus. I go back onto the other bus. And again, frustration, right? I'm starting to sweat a little. I'm like, these kids, these kids are calling my bluff. Right, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and search every single kid, right? I don't, that's not even legal, I don't think, right? I can't, I can't like, touch them. I can't pat you down. I can't, I can't do any of that. These kids are fit to call my bluff, man. They're going to know, right? And we got places to be, right? We have a schedule. I've planned this thing out to a T. Like, we really need to leave and get onto the road. So I'm starting to sweat, man. And wouldn't you know it, by a complete, absolute miracle of God, Ella's bag just happens to show up on the exact opposite bus from which she was riding. 
hey, praise God, right? So I go back, I get her bag, right? Which just, I mean, it transfigured to the other bus. It was amazing. And uh, I get her bag. I'm not confident that all of the items are going to be in it. But hey, look, if you want to invite new kids in, unchurched kids, right? This is just some of the things you might have to deal with. You can't expect people who are not Christians to act like Christians, you understand? So it's okay, right? Like I get the bag. At least I have the bag. I'm not going to look into it, right? It's not my bag. So I bring it to Ella. Can you please look through it, man? Can we just make sure all the stuff is there? I'm expecting this money is gone, right? Because somebody just happened to announce that there was a lot of money in there. And what do you know? Praise God. Everything's there. Everything's there. All the money, everything, right? Like, oh, praise God, right? Crisis averted, right? Our night can go on as planned. So, so now we can leave. We can finally leave and we can finally get going to the bowl now. A little bit late, but hey, we can leave. So we leave Liberia Avenue, right? And, uh, and we're going to Balls 4 Red. Now, if you're familiar, you know that there's like, there's a little bend as you come around Balls 4 before you can see um, the bowling alley. So as we make the bend and you start, the bowling alley starts coming to view, all I can see is blue lights everywhere. I'm talking blue lights in the road, blue lights in the turning lane, in the parking lot. There's like 20 cop cars. There's, there's, there's blue lights inside the bowling alley. They got a cop car in there. They got cops in the bowling alley. There's, there's blue lights across the street at the hotel over there. There is cops everywhere everywhere, right? And they got us blocked. I came, we can't even pull the bus into the parking lot of this place that we have rented out for the next two hours for our event. So listen, (laughs) I wasn't always a youth pastor, okay? (laughs) I love how y'all think that's so funny. (laughs) I wasn't always a youth pastor, right? From a a previous life, before I, I gave my life to Christ, you know, before I like submitted to his will and submitted my life, I'm a 12-time felon, so I have some experience with the police. Now, it's mostly negative in a negative sense, right? Um, So, like, timidly, I get off the bus, right, because I'm the leader. (laughs) I get off the bus. I walk up to this this police officer in in the turning lane, right, and I'm, you know, I introduce myself. Hey, I'm from Battlefield and Youth Pastor. Like, we got this place rented out for the next two hours, man. I just, you know, like, you know, I just wait for him to, like, (laughs) and he's like, so, look. From my point of view, man, the way I see it, we can go in, we can take some pictures, we can clean the mess up. And I'm like, ooh. He said, we can clean the mess up, um, and, and then you guys can just come on in, you know? He said, but I don't make the decisions. Let me go inside and figure it out for you. So I get back on the bus. He goes inside. He's gone for like 20 minutes, right? He's gone for like, I'm thinking he forgot about us, right? He's just out of sight, out of mind. He's going to do like I did with Ella's bag. Just ignore it. They'll go away. There's, the two buses full of kids will leave. Right? And so he comes back after 20 minutes, and, uh, and, and so I go, and I meet him, right, in the same turning lane, and he looks at me, and he's like, he completely changes his tune. He's like, uh, listen, man, there is no way you guys are going in there tonight. He's like, there's, there's just no way. Like, I talked to the manager, and he's not cool with it. Uh, my boss isn't cool with it. There's just no way. And so I look at him, and I say, listen, um, I have 100 kids what am I supposed to do? It's two in the morning, man. The only thing open is sheets. I'm not taking 98 kids to sheets at two in the morning. Y'all become pick me up from jail, man. And he looks and he's like, you got 100 kids? And I'm like, yeah, man, them buses are full. And he looks at me and says, I don't know what you're going to do, but you ain't going in there. He said, but you ain't going in there. So look, now this time we got to call an audible, right? I'm stressing 
right? Like, listen, I plan this thing to a T. I don't understand why this is happening, right? I have no idea. The, the only thing that we're able to do is to come back here, right? I mean, it's two in the morning, nothing's open. I, I can't call and ask somebody if they're willing to open because there's nobody even at other places. So we come back here, we fire up the glow-in-the-dark dodgeball, man. Um, and listen, not one kid called their parents, right? Because I figured they've had an hour doing nothing. This kid's going to be falling asleep. They're going to wake up grouchy, right? They're hungry. They're going to start calling their parents. The negativity sets in, right? This, this event is doomed. This is a disaster. Not one called their parents. Not one even really had a bad attitude. We had one lead. We did have one lead, but it was like, you know, got sick, had things going on or whatever. And, and so she left. But one out of 90, that's a miracle in and of itself, right? But listen, at this point, now I, I'm frustrated. I don't understand. I plan this thing to a T, right? I mean, months before it takes place, I'm making phone calls. It's not easy to call and to convince people to open up after hours at like a highly discounted rate, right? Because I need to get it as cheap as possible so I can have as many kids come as possible so they can hear the gospel. Because we all know that, listen, I'll spend $1,000 for my kid to go to this camp over here. I'll spend $1,000 for him to go to sports camp. But if the church event costs more than 50 bucks, man, I can't afford it, right? So listen, I'm trying to get this thing as cheap as I can, right? And so work, a lot of work goes into this. A whole lot of prayer goes into this, right? I've been praying this thing for months, for kids to get saved, for things to go off without a hitch, right? For all the pieces to blend together smoothly. I've been praying for safety and not just me. I mean, I got, I had, at that time, we had a, a group of like 10 adults working there. We're praying. We've been fasting, man. We've been thinking about this. We have high expectations for God to do big things. But at this point, man, I am frustrated, right? Like to a T, I don't understand why you would let this happen to us. You understand? I prayed. I'm not out here for my glory. I can promise you, God, I'm not out here at two in the morning because I want to look good. I'd rather go to sleep, right? My motives are correct. It's for your glory, your honor, for your gospel, your word, right? Why would you let this happen? Little did I know. Little did I know. Just before we arrived, right? Like, we, we had the place booked from 1.30. We're trying to get there at 1.15. You understand? So we can get shoes. We can do these things, get the kids going. So we have two hours to actually bowl, not like an hour after I get all the kids checked in, I get their lanes. Little did I know, shortly after one, two men, armed, wearing masks, robbed that bowling alley at gunpoint. And unless you think these two guys were just playing, that was on the morning of the 21st. The morning of the 26th, the same two men robbed the Denny's right down the street in Manassas. They shot two and killed one. Had Ella's bag not been stolen, the one that had a lot of money in it, remember? Had Ella's bag not been stolen, we'd have been there when those two men came to that bowling alley. Oh, my God is right. Whoever said that? I can't even imagine. Listen, God answers prayer. Okay, yeah, yeah. Look, sometimes he answers in ways we don't even understand. Sometimes he answers so fast we don't even see it coming. But God answers prayer. Can I just, can I just, let's just go here, right? Like, I think that God gets an unfair rap from a lot of people right, from a lot of Christians. Look, like, I know that generally speaking, like, God answers prayer, right, here's where I'm going, God answers prayer, yes, um, no, and wait. 
You understand? He answers in those three ways, generally speaking. But a lot of times, God gets this unfair rap from Christians, people who profess to know him, right, whose lives are filled with so much junk, so much circumstances, if you will, right, that it prevents God from answering their prayers in the affirmative. Like, oh, it must not be his will for me to be happy. <laughs> right? Do you understand? You ever seen somebody like that? Right? And unknowingly what happens is we, we paint God as this restrictive killjoy, right, that never wants his children to have anything or to be happy at all. You understand? And we paint him like this. But listen, my Bible tells me um, that Jesus came to give us life. And he also came to give it to us more abundantly. That's John 10, 10. In James 1, verse 16, he says, don't err or do not be mistaken. He says, my beloved brother. And so we know he's writing to Christians, right? So he said, don't be mistaken, um, Christian. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Listen, God wants to bless you, but I think we often use his will as an excuse to shift any blame from ourselves. Right? So here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. We'll pray. We'll get, we'll get nothing in response or we'll get something other than our desired response. And we say, oh, it must just, must just not be his will. Right, it must not be his will. Instead of taking a long and hard look into the mirror, right, and asking ourselves if there's anything in our lives that's keeping God from answering our prayers in the affirmative. Do you know that there's circumstances that hinder God from answering your prayers in the affirmative? So this morning, I just want to give you three of them. Right, the, the three most common, as I see it anyways, take that for what it's worth. We're going to give you a, a, we'll enter into like a fourth, that's a bonus round. You'll have the opportunity in that bonus round to win the greatest gift that anybody's ever given to anybody. So here we go. The first circumstance, most common circumstance, um, that hinders God from answering people's prayers in the affirmative is sin. Well, that seems like a no-brainer. Listen, you can have a relationship with God, but unconfessed sin cuts off your fellowship with God. Psalm 66, 18, it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Listen, can I just be blunt with you for a second? Christian, if you are practicing sin, if you are legitimately, habitually practicing sin, it will bring your prayer life to an abrupt halt. 1 John chapter 1, right, beginning in verse 6, it says, if we, if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all, un, uh, from all evil, from all sin, sorry. Practicing sin will ruin your prayer life. Now listen, don't be confused, right? There is a distinction to be made here between Christians who sin and Christians who are practicing sin, right? Please listen, please hear me out, right? Do not get this mistaken. Everybody sins. Everybody sins even after they have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Everybody sins every day. You understand? In fact, that's possibly why, like when Jesus taught us, taught us to pray, he said, Lord, forgive us of our trespasses, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? Listen, that's because everybody sins every single day, right? In fact, that's why it's probably good practice 
to, to pray as he taught us to pray every single day. Lord, forgive me of my sins because we sin every single day, right? Sometimes without even knowing it. That's 1 John. Uh, he continues in chapter 1 in verse 8 now. He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Please understand, everybody, everybody sins. But there is a difference. There is a difference between unintentional, inadvertent, unplanned, even sometimes maybe a little intentional sin and the person who is intentionally, deliberately, habitually sinning. I just give you an example, and listen, this is just an example. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I don't know everybody. If the shoe fits, though, I mean, you got you to gotta lace it up, man. You got to walk that puppy out, right? Listen, it's just an example. I'm not calling anybody out. There's plenty of examples we could make, right? Like drug abuse, pretty habitual, alcohol abuse, lying. There's lots of examples, but you come to me, Say, Travis, I, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I have a relationship with Jesus. But I am living with my girlfriend. Which, hey, by the way, you're not just living together. You are practicing sin. You understand? I am sorry, but you are purposely, habitually practicing sin. And look, I know what 1 John goes on to say. It says in verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and, and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. But when we are intentionally practicing sin, our prayer for forgiveness goes from, Lord God, please forgive me of my sins, right? I'm so sorry, God, I blew it again, to Lord God, please forgive me of what I am about to do. And we both understand, listen, we all understand the flaw inside of that logic. It lacks sincere repentance. How on earth could you be sorry for something that you continue or plan on continuing to do? If you are practicing sin, your prayer life will be brought to a screeching halt. And that's not to say that you stopped praying altogether, although that very well may be true, but that is to say that if you are practicing sin habitually, that he ain't listening. That sounds tough, but listen, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity or sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Don't shoot the messenger. 1 Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, but his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Do you understand? Unconfessed sin will hinder your prayers to God. Another common circumstance that often hinders our prayers from being answered in the affirmative is relationships. Relationships. Listen, do, do you know that your status uh, of your earthly relationships can greatly affect the relationship with your heavenly father. Right? Is there someone, listen, is there someone in your life right now that you just hate? Right? Is there someone in your life that, man, when you see them, right, they're just, your blood just begins to boil. Man, I cannot stand that person. Is there someone that you just hate? You know how you can know right now? You know how you can tell? Their face just popped into your mind. Their face just popped in your mind. Listen, um, hatred 
Hatred and unforgiveness, hate in your heart towards someone is going to hinder your fellowship with God. We must be in fellowship with both our heavenly father and our brothers on earth if God is going to answer our prayers in the affirmative. Jesus said in Matthew 5, beginning in verse 23, it says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift into the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, he says, Leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way first. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. He goes on to say in chapter 6, he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Look at the end of the parable about the servant who refused to forgive just as his master had done for him. Do you guys remember? In Matthew 18. Starting in verse 34, it says, And his Lord was wroth, and he delivered him to his tormentors till he should pay all that was due to him. Do you remember the parable now? Verse 35 says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one of his brother who trespasses. Look, I'm not trying to pull something out of Scripture that's not there. You understand? But the principle that's there is still very, very applicable for us today, right? You need to get it right with others before your worship can be acceptable to God. Unforgiveness towards man hinders our fellowship with God. Mark 11, verse 25. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Do you think he was serious about our earthly relationships? It's been said that the person who refuses to forgive his brother destroys the very bridge that he himself must walk over. Right? Not only can our relationships with our brothers and, our, and then our sisters hinder our prayers, but listen, your relationship with your spouse can hinder your prayers. If you go to 1 Peter, beginning in chapter 3 and verse 1, right, it says, Likewise, ye wives, be subject to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that or they also may without the word be won by their conversation of the wives. That's to say the conduct of the wives. Right, And then through the next five verses, Peter's explaining, he's going into more detail about what that conduct looks like. And then pick up with me in verse 7. It says, likewise, ye husbands, lest you thought you were off the hook. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor and grace unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Here it is, that your prayers be not hindered. Your relationship with your spouse can hinder your prayers from being answered in the affirmative. And so look, a little fun fact for you here, right? A little tidbit that's going to cost you nothing. If you were to look back in chapter 2, chapter 2 goes on, right, giving Jesus as the example of how we are to conduct ourselves concerning not only our bosses, but also the government, with the implication that those relationships can also affect our prayers, Right, So sin in your relationships with the government, with your boss, with your spouse, with your brother and sister in Christ, all these things, unforgiveness, all these things in terms, in terms of your relationships can affect your prayers from being answered in the affirmative. The third one is this, your motives. 
Motives, right? Improper or impure motives can often hinder our prayers from being answered in the affirmative. James 4, verse 2, it says, Ye lust and ye have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot attain. Ye fight and ye war and ye have not, because ye ask not. He says, you ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Right? And James says, look, you, you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. That's to say you ask with carnal gratification in mind, right? Either for the purpose of self-indulgence or to promote myself, to promote ourselves. Right? At the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we alluded to it right in Matthew 5. At the very beginning, just a few short sentences into his introduction, Jesus says this, blessed are the pure in heart. Right? And then after addressing topics like temptation, divorce, forgiveness, loving your enemies, that's just to name a few, wouldn't you know, he begins to teach us on prayer. Right? And it's almost as if to say, listen, if you're going to do anything that I just taught you, you're going to need to be praying. Right? And he says, look, it's in this manner that you are to come before the throne. And he begins in Matthew 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest... Thou shalt be not as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. In other words, when we pray with our own glory in mind, right, for the accomplishment of our own will to promote ourselves, listen, he's not listening. Verse six, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into the closet. When thou hast shut the door, to pray unto the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Again, there's the idea of this self-gratification, right? Ill motives. Verse 8, Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth the things that ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Look, he's saying, do it like this. Not pray these exact words, but this is the manner. This is the form in which your prayers should take on, right? Not necessarily copy it word for word. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on, in earth as it is in heaven. He says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Did you catch it? I mean, you probably missed it. Listen, verses 10 through 13, that's our sermon in a nutshell. Verse 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in on earth as it is in heaven. Pure motives. Pure motives, his glory, not mine, right? Verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, right? Relationships, right? Verse 12 in the beginning of 13, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Confessed and repented sin. Now listen, there's other subcategories that we could, we could dive into, but these are the three most general reasons why our prayers are hindered from being answered in the affirmative. Right, but can I just suggest something else to you this morning as we prepare to wrap up? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you know, I'm not talking about I know him or I know about him or I've heard of him. But I'm talking like a real 
actual relationship where you trust him with your life and also with your eternity. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't have that kind of relationship, God's not going to respond to your prayers at all. Listen, anybody can get a no. I can promise you that. Listen, you want to try it out right now? I can promise you. You, you pray right now. Take a second where you're at, right in your seat, and you just pray to God that I'll give you a million dollars. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it right now. Hey, nope. Anybody can get a no. Do you understand? If you want your prayers answered in the affirmative, if you want God to listen to you, do you understand? You're going to have to have a relationship with him first. If I were to leave here, I go down to the Walmart, I ask a random stranger, I just tap him on the shoulder, excuse me, random stranger, would you please make me a sandwich? They're going to look at me like I've lost my marbles. Why? Because I don't know them and they don't know me. Right? But if I were to go to my wife and I ask her just the right way, right? I butter it up real nice. Please, please, please. Could you please make me a sandwich? Now, now we might be working with something. Do you understand? Because I know her and she knows me. Right? In that same way, if you don't have a relationship with God, why on earth would you expect him to answer your prayers? issue goes back to unconfessed, unforgiven sin. And even the man who was blind in John 9 saw this. You're saying John 9, verse 31, it says, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Jesus taught in Matthew 7, verse 22, Many will say unto me on that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Right? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. The problem is the Bible teaches us that no one is righteous in and of ourselves. No one, right? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that makes forgiveness of sin possible. It covers our sin. And then when God looks upon us, he sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. Not me, not my righteousness, but his righteousness. It's what is known as imputed righteousness in the world of theology, right? And that's just to impute means to ascribe or attribute something to someone. And that's what Paul's explaining in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. He says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Thus, if you have never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, right, if you've never called out on him for the forgiveness of sins, for salvation, if you don't have a relationship with him, if you've never trusted him, he does not see the righteousness of his son. Look, if, if you've never trusted him, you've never placed your faith in him, can I just, can I talk to you just for a second? Right, just block everybody else out, right? Just, just let me holler at you just for a minute. God is madly in love with you. Right, God wants a relationship with you more than anything else in this world. The Bible teaches in Romans 5, in fact, that he proved it. 
He proved that he is madly in love with you. It says in 5 verse 8 that God commended or he proved his love towards us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Right? It tells us in the book of John, right? chapter 3 verse 16, very recognizable verse. It says, for God loved the world so much. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, God desires a relationship with you, right? But as we read about today, our sin separates us from God, right? Isaiah told Israel in Isaiah 59 verse 2, it says your iniquities or your sin have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Right? And in Romans, we learn that there is a payment or a wage for that sin. Right? And that wage is death, an eternity separated from God in a place that the Bible calls hell. And that's, that's bad news, but you understand the, the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is that he loved you so much, he sent his son to pay for your sins. Right? Here's the deal. Jesus came to this earth. He was, he was born of a virgin, right? Just as the scriptures predicted, lest you got him confused with anybody else. Right? He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect and sinless life, which made him the only worthy sacrifice. He was crucified. He died on the cross. He was buried, so we know he was really dead. It wasn't a hoax. And he rose again on the third day, conquering death, right? Conquering your payment your wage for sin so that you don't have to pay it because we couldn't pay it anyways. Romans 10, 10, it says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Right, if you've never confessed your sins to God, you've never placed your faith in Jesus for salvation, man, I just want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. Right, so if we could just have everybody's head bowed, right, Christians, Right, if you could just be praying. Listen, if you've never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, if you've never called out on him for salvation and forgive you of your sins, right, I invite you, just do that now. You can just say a real simple prayer right where you're at, right? Right to yourself. You could just say something like, um, dear God, God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that I've messed it up. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. And look, God, I don't understand it all. I, I don't know it all. But I pray right now that you would just come into my life, come into my heart, God. Save me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.